0: Never fear, you're totally in the right place. These episodes were just way too good to remove from our archive, so I hope you enjoy, and thanks again for tuning in. Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast, I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and today's episode is a juicy one. So Rachel Selig comes on to get my help narrowing down her niche, which seems simple enough, right? But once we got into our conversation, a few fears came up for Rachel right away, and we realized that she has been resisting niching down really for two reasons. The first is to protect herself from being judged by people from her past. If she's not niched, she can't put herself out there. If she can't put herself out there, she can't be open to criticism. The second reason Rachel has resisted niching was her fear that she wouldn't be able to deliver on her promise to her clients, so by being vague in her marketing, it was almost like a little security blanket. So what we did was we rolled up our sleeves and we dug into these fears in the episode. That way Rachel can finally get clear about her target audience and begin to put herself out there. If you ever fear being criticized, you will love my session with Rachel. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Dallas Travers, and this is the show to listen to if you're a coach and you want the freedom, the confidence, and the impact that comes with a six-figure business. Each week, we'll discuss tangible strategies, simple systems, plus the juicy inner work to help you make more money and help more people. So thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Hi, Rachel. Thanks for joining me today. I'm excited to dive in. Dallas, me too. Yeah, thanks for volunteering. I know that we're going to dive in and try our best to get as clear as possible around your
1: niche. But first, I just want to check in. How's it going for you inside the club? The the club is phenomenal. Um, The community, it's called a club for a reason. Uh Community of support. And um, I love how you lay out everything. Sort of step by step. And I am working on moving back and forth in the steps, but the club is amazing. I'm getting a lot out of it.
0: Were you on the call this morning? I was.
1: It was yeah. such a helpful call. Oh
0: my gosh. It was one of my favorites. And I'm sure you had this experience too as a coach where, you know, we never really know what's coming, right? Because this work is so client led. Um, but I love it when we do those group calls and it seems as though everyone's session builds on the one before it. So it was I couldn't have planned it better. It was really, really fun. Absolutely. All right. So why don't we dive right into coaching? It's my intention today to help you walk away feeling clear and confident around who you serve and how to communicate that niche. So can you tell me a little bit about, tell us a, about your business and then if you can share also how you've been struggling around your niche or, or what that, what's present for you around, around this obstacle.
1: Thanks. Um, I've been coaching, I've been um, delighting in coaching for a while on various people. And just like you said that you never know where it's going to be headed. It's, it's led me to think that I could coach, I don't know, anybody. (laughs) And I want to be of service to as many people as possible. So I've worked with people who have ADHD Mm -hmm. and with people who want help with finances. And I've worked with people who want to communicate better in their relationships. And Generally, I work with people to either get started on something or to get unstuck. And there's this broad area, and I want a niche, but I also don't want to leave out um, where my expertise is. Am I making sense? I think so. So what I hear you saying is
0: you really love helping people. You love... Serving clients and you love all of it. So there's this fear you have that if you really niche down, you're you are gonna miss out on some of the joy that comes with serving a lot of people, but also in some way you will not be able to serve everyone you feel you're meant to.
1: I think that's a good summary, and I wonder if you've talked about it's the, when, when you explain to clients what you do, it's the destination, not the journey. I love your airplane metaphor. And I think I've been focused on the journey. Those are the, the things that I do in coaching. And I'm, there's got to be something in common that everybody has. And that's my destination. Right. So just to
0: loop our listeners in, I find in marketing, boy, I was even reviewing a sales page for one of my programs. And I'm like, oh, hi, I'm describing the the journey. I'm not describing the destination. It's so easy to get into the details and forget about that transformation or the result. So when I talk about describing I usually will say you're describing the airplane not the not the destination. And it's those details that water down the message but also create confusion. So I'm a little confused though Rachel because my understanding is that you are an ADHD coach. Is that accurate? It
1: is. And uh, that sounded like a question. <laughs> so I I just had an amazing laser focus session with somebody a couple days ago and we got to a point that she didn't realize she was going to get to and she doesn't remotely identify as having ADHD and nor would I think she does. Uh huh. So I wouldn't have been able to help her if I said, I help people with ADHD. But it could be I help people who are stuck, which could it. Yeah, you're, you're not
0: buying it. (laughs) you you saw me shifting my weight there. You know, okay, so let's get into this. So I hear you saying that the label of ADHD, it brings something up for you. But I want to just tell you from my own experience, the opposite of what I feared around niching down is actually the thing that happened. The more narrow... Let me back it up. So in my first coaching business, I worked with actors and I got so crazy specific about who I helped and what I helped them do that I really felt like there might be three people who matched that description on planet earth. Right. And what I found was I had clients who were musicians, directors, screenwriters, brand new actors, super successful actors. It ran the gamut. Hmm. And that was because Everyone outside of my niche could read and hear exactly what I did and who I helped and make their own adjustments. But when we try to share a message with everyone, it becomes watered down and then nobody gets it. So it's that specificity that brings opportunity. And this woman who you helped. She would have found help somewhere else. But you said, I wouldn't have been able to help her her if I labeled myself an ADHD coach. I'm just thinking about all of the people who aren't getting help right now because you're not willing to go all in on a niche. Yep. Like I said, call me out. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, no, I'm, I'm not married. To, you know, we could walk away and your your niche could be like brand new bank tellers. Like I really, I'm not married to who you choose, right? But Mm -hmm. I am married to you choosing because when you're a coach who's moving towards six figures, or even if you're in low six figures and you want to get into multiple, it's that narrow messaging that allows you to make decisions more quickly, that allows you to have a much more compelling message that allows you to create courses that actually have an outcome. It's the way in to actually going broader, but we've got to go narrow before we go big. I'm definitely stuck on the next steps. Yes. Okay, great. Great. So let's get rid of ADHD for a second and let's get rid of any sort of, um, like job titles or even labels and look at the characteristics of the clients who you have gotten the most joy out of working with. So can you think of who's the first person who comes to mind and change this person's name? Let's call this person Wilma or Fred. All right. <laughs> so who tell me about a client who you have really enjoyed working with.
1: Um, Wilma. Okay. Um, Is somebody who, her whole life believed that she wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. um, believed that everything took her 10 times as everybody else. And why even try? Because it's so much easier for everyone else. Got it. She could see where she wanted to change. She could see the big picture, but it was the step-by-steps that helped her. Got it. Um, Should I go into the kinds of
0: things that... Let's talk about the transformation. So you worked together and what changed for
1: Wilma? Uh, To start off with, she got a sense of time, Uh uh, which can be really hard for people with ADHD. Uh And, you know, learned how long things take. And so that led to so many other things. And then it was building confidence to have her realize her accomplishments mm-hmm. to, to accept that some things are facts and they don't have to have um they don't have to be good or bad they're just a fact so okay. you know, I'm told a lot that I'm non-judgmental mm. so if a client made a commitment and didn't for whatever reason it didn't happen we use it as a science experiment and figure it out I'm, I'm never mad and it takes a while for a lot of people to understand that because that's not the message they've received their life. Right. That hasn't been their experience. Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Okay. So Wilma got this sense of time and it was that concrete sense that then opened the door up for her to feel more confident Mm -hmm. and beat up on herself less. Is that accurate?
1: And to be able to plan for the future. ah to open to uh different career possibilities. Hmm.
0: So hmm. if if she could plan for the future
1: after, what was the
0: before specifically?
1: Uh she just couldn't see a future, just said, I'm gonna continue in this way I don't like. Mm-hmm. And why should I even plan for retirement? I'm I'm in all this debt and it'll never be solved. And I have, you know, this pile of mail I haven't opened in a year or so. And why should I even bother?
0: Yeah. So, really, it sounds like Wilma came to you with a real sense of hopelessness. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, the work you do is so important. I really, I'm really getting that right now as we're talking. Okay. Can I tell you about something else? Yeah, I was just going to
1: say, what about someone else? Okay, go. (laughs) Well, Fred just came to mind, <laughs> right, right? Um, And Fred is at uh, uh, the end of his career in education. And many people retire from education, you know, if, uh, you know, late fifties, early sixties, and still have a lot to give. Um, and he, like many people wanted to have, something after that was interesting but was a discrete time frame and um you know didn't want to start his own business or anything like that and wanted second income so he mentioned you know he was thinking about going for his tax preparer exam but he had all this stuff going on in his personal life some really you know major facts going on that he had trouble wrapping his head around to say how can i meet these financial goals while still handling the very tough decisions he had to make in his personal life. And I was able to help him um, compartmentalize some of it. And I gave him concrete steps, though. It, I guess it was also about time. Yeah. So I helped him break down. So instead of him saying, well, I'll spend an hour studying okay, so what are you going to do in that hour? And is it realistic that you spend a concentrated hour? Um, a person who's, uh, Fred is not diagnosed with ADHD, but certainly has the behaviors. Okay. And um, he wound up passing the exam and becoming a tax preparer and wound up making a lot more money than he ever thought. And he said to me, I never would have even tried if he didn't have my help. I love it. That was, that was pretty amazing. So, you know, the, I helped, um, you know, Wilma get out of debt. I helped him have a, and you know, see a financial future. I want to say a, but, you know, but I'm not going to say, a but <laughs> no, I, I want to hear your, but, but, the financial stuff that I help with is sort of like a means to the end. I want to help with the confidence and the um, the growth and wanting to believe in a future. And the steps along the way include understanding time and effective communication. I have a lot of skills. I help people how to express themselves.
0: You look like you have a thought. I want to hear. No, I'm just processing. I pro and I'm I'm taking notes.
1: You go. <laughs> so it's it's a lot about effective communication. Um the skills that I've I've learned through various modalities and uh, from being a teacher for fifteen years and working with various ages and their families. Yeah. Understanding that a lot of people their experience their life experience is not to say what they mean as in saying things that they want other people to hear yeah um, that's it. A very common thing and then both fred and wilma had gotten lost in what is their future going to be because they were following a mold that somebody else was setting yeah So let's
0: go back to Wilma for a moment. When you began working with her, actually, I'm going to give everyone a little bit of context here. So Rachel and all of our listeners, I want you to picture three separate buckets. Okay, your target audience, they're all going to fit into one of these three buckets. The first one is unaware. So the unaware bucket, this is someone who, for you is definitely not diagnosed with ADHD. Right. And probably just isn't aware that not everyone be- behaves this way. Right. Or like this is just the way that life goes. I have no options here and there's nothing I can do about it. Okay. Then we have problem aware people. This mm-hmm. is the second bucket. A problem aware person understands <laughs> that there is an issue here. Okay. They're not totally sold on being able to stick with the solution, but they agree that there is an easier way to live. They are aware of the problem. They may not have the words for it, right? But they, they're aware something isn't working. The last bucket, th- these are solution-aware people. I'm totally aware that there's a problem. I believe wholeheartedly that there is a solution. Now I just need to, f- to pick one. In our marketing, those unaware people, they're not your clients. They're just not ready. Okay? The problem aware people, they have a longer lead time. So those are the people who they get on your mailing list, right? Maybe they hear you do a podcast interview and, oh, what she said about time was interesting. I've never thought about it in that way. And they get on your list or they join your Facebook group. They're in your world. And through the free content you put out in the world, you help them move from Problem aware to solution aware. It's the people in the solution aware bucket that become your clients. So we have to get clear on even, here's the funny part. Even if the problem they think that they have is not the real problem, right? It rarely is. (laughs) And the solution they're seeking is not the best solution. They at least have to have those two awarenesses. So in the six figure coach club call this morning, when I was talking to Danny, she helps, um, women on a mission, essentially, right? So advocates or people, women who work in nonprofit manage their stress and anxiety. Were you, I think you were there for that part of the call, right? Okay. So Danny, this is what she focuses on. And she was talking a lot about self care. And remember, she described her, like the pain her audience feels is this is a woman who wakes up already feeling anxious. And I just pointed out to her that this is not someone who is bought into self-care. That is not a solution she's seeking. She doesn't have time for self-care, right? Like a- in my head when you said that this morning, yes. Okay, great. So the solution that she is seeking is anxiety or stress management. Probably not even that as much as how can I get more done?
1: productivity
0: right now what this client doesn't know is the way you get more done is through self-care but they will learn that inside of coaching okay i set all of that up to just ask when we go back to wilma what problem what problem and what solution was she aware of when you began working together
1: um she was referred by somebody else I believe the other person said her ADHD is out of control. <laughs> okay, great. It was, it started out with time and it was also the other person just wanted to see her excel professionally. Got
0: it. So Wilma was problem aware. ADHD was getting in her way. And because of this referral, she was open to, to a solution.
1: Yeah, I mean, she started out by telling me, I've tried things. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if this is going to work, but I'll commit to it. Yeah. And then I spoke with her significant other, you know, who just told me things um, that Wilma, you know, confidentiality was fine. She said that he did, but I didn't tell him anything. Just putting that out there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he, um, at first he said to me, I'm going to, I'm going to change his words, but it was like, can you fix this? Right. Got it. And then I knew some of it was effective communication. Got it. Okay.
0: So what did Wilma say she wanted? Was it, I need a cure for my ADHD. I need to get better at managing time. Like what was her language
1: for the results she was seeking? I believe it was, I want to stop this craziness. Uh, I think she said stupid. She said, I, I want to stop feeling stupid. I want to not feel like everything takes me 10 times so that I, um, I can accomplish things. Or I think it was also, she remembered a time in her life when things weren't like this. So um, she had ports in place and it was it. more about how come I can't or she got older, seeing other people doing things that, you know, hitting certain milestones that she wanted to hit and yeah. just see them as possible anymore. Got it. What about Fred?
0: Because Fred wasn't diagnosed with ADHD.
1: He no. A lot I wanted the behaviors. He's like, yeah, well, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> so what result was it that he was seeking? He wanted to earn more money.
0: Very clearly.
1: But both of them it was about
0: feeling capable and excited about the future. He he also
1: um he first came to me actually as a referral because of his personal life, um, in uh um I guess more uh, still about effective communication, having to make some really tough decisions. Okay. And I knew over time working with him that it wasn't really something we could sort of solve together, but what would help him was getting this stuff out of the way. The you know, having this confidence building of mm-hmm. the money. Got it. But he came okay. for the relationship stuff. Came for the relationship stuff.
0: Great. Mm-hmm. Today's episode is brought to you by The Coach Class. You know, the most common and most dangerous question other coaches ask me is this, what more should I be doing? Now, this question keeps you stuck scrambling every month to find some clients, throwing a launch together at the very last minute, or just trying to piece together some semblance of a business strategy from all the free stuff you can find out there online. So instead of asking what more should I do, The real question here is, how can I do less or where can I go deeper? And those are the questions we'll tackle inside a brand new class for coaches called, of course, the Coach Class. So if you're tired of winging it, second guessing yourself at every turn and working way too hard to keep your business running, the Coach Class will change your life. Go to watchthecoachclass.com right now to grab your free spot inside the special class for coaches who want an easier path to six figures because that easier path exists and the coach class will show it to you. Registration is open this week. So again, please visit watchthecoachclass.com now to reserve your spot. I will see you there. And now back to the show. So we can play with a dream client power statement, which for everyone listening, that's kind of our club lingo for the client avatar is just how we, or, or a what I do statement, right? But Rachel, I have to just say when I'm speaking to you, you sound very excited, yeah. proud, right? And connected to your clients. So what is it that's stopping you from going all in on an ADHD niche?
1: Because is ADHD a niche or is it like saying people with brown hair?
0: Well, first of all, there are a hell of a lot more people with brown hair than adults with ADHD.
1: I mean, is it just like a descriptor or is it, for lack of a better word, is it a problem?
0: Or is I, it, feel, yeah. you- I hear what you're saying and, um, we don't, it, you wouldn't put a sign on your door that says ADHD coach. Well, necessarily right there's some nuance there but I just really sense even in your response to me like I, I want to get under what the resistance is to really narrowing down that much I'm thinking um, okay so stop thinking let's feel into it okay So just see it if you want to close your eyes you can tap into the the part of you. That just isn't willing to go there. I don't know what your word, the, the part of you that is in resistance around niching down to this label or title. What does that
1: part of you have to say? I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to present myself as qualified enough. Uh, tell me more. Um... When I wasn't, um, before I had come up with the techniques and the really good things that helped me in my life to manage my ADHD, it's fair to say I was not dependable. And I mean, not 100% of the time, but enough. Uh-huh. And I've changed that phenomenally change that and you know I guess I'm worried people from my past will be like who is she to, you know do I need to be worried about them to, well you're asking me about my feelings those yep. are my feelings. I know it's not rational I know it yep. they, they never are
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh I so I get
1: it can you can feel a feeling it's the and we can't control them, but it's our actions that we can control.
0: Yeah. So there's a real, What I, I just want to reflect back. Thank you for sharing that. I know I can relate to that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Totally. Um, And I think most coaches have been there. What I find often is the thing that my clients want from me is the thing I just learned. <laughs> right. They're nipping at my heels and I just keep keep moving forward. That's part of what I love about coaching, right? As we continue to grow a different type or different level of client shows up. But what I'm hearing you say is there's a real vulnerability and perhaps, a f- yes, a fear of being judged, but also a fear of going back to that past version of yourself that really isn't you anymore. And That's having... Yeah. yeah. So let's tap back in to that part of you that feels resistance. What does that part of you need in order to agree that it's okay to try this? We're not committing to it. But what does that part, really listen in. What does that part of you
1: need? You know, the first thing that came to mind um, is, is thinking about data versus drama. To Yeah. I mean, I, I love that concept that, that you teach, um, that I do well looking at data and when I'm not feeling confident, I go with the drama and not in the way that, you know, person off the street would define drama, but the ups and downs of I did well today and, you know, not having the overall picture
0: yeah okay so that part of you needs to focus on the facts is that what you're saying I think so
1: like I need to while I get the high the the wonder and the joy of seeing people grow I also can be resistant to doing the things that can scale is that
0: keep talking? I don't know that I'm following you, but keep, keep going in this direction.
1: So I, I love when I get that high, that joy of helping people. Yeah. And then if I have a client that we don't gel because we're human and not everybody does, that's normal. Um, that affects me more than the good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely right okay and then that worry I think can feed into feeling stuck yeah in the business I hear you
0: so there's fear of being judged from by the people in your past Mm -hmm. right there's also a fear that it may not work for everyone Mm -hmm. is that accurate maybe yeah Okay, tell me what, so the thing you just described, right, how sometimes you haven't gelled with clients, what is that fear?
1: I think it's actually also being judged. You're being judged of, um, I remember one person, I wasn't clear in what I offer, and then that person um, became annoyed that I didn't offer something that she wanted. I didn't, you know, it was was an accusation of something that's not part of my character. Got it. Got it. Okay. So in order to
0: avoid, isn't it perfect, right? In order to avoid being judged, just don't niche down right? If you're not, it's so perfect. If you're not niche, we can just keep having this conversation. We can dabble a little bit here and there, but you, it just, you're off the hook immediately. So this is you protecting yourself. I'm very good at protecting myself. Yeah. And it's worked for you, right? But this is an area where it is not working for you.
1: (laughs) No, it's working.
0: Yeah. Great. So I'm going to ask again, feel into it. Don't think into it. That part of you that's just afraid for good reason of being judged. What does that part of you need in order to be open to
1: moving forward? I'm not sure. Um, I do know that part of it is a money blockage. Okay. I'm, I recently kind of came to the realization that I had been erroneously associating people who have money with having a character or demeanor that's not one that I want. Mm -hmm. I don't really have evidence of that in my life, not at all. But, you know, I'm sure that's a something subconscious left in there from something who knows why, but it's back. Um, so I wonder if it's, well, I don't want to be successful because I don't want to turn into this person. Yeah, that could be another layer. I want to stick with this visibility fear here.
0: Okay. This fear of being judged. So I'm going to tell you a story. This might help. My daughter is five and we had a very big weekend. She learned how to ride a bike this week. Oh, how exciting. It's so cool. So the first day, I we took her tra- training wheels off. And she she can be very in her head. I don't know if you relate to that at all, Rachel, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have no idea. Um,
0: and so I thought, because we were gonna take her 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 bike out, and I just took the training wheels off before she could see. And I came out and she's like, Kind of shocked, right? These training wheels are off. And that is it, is it okay? Am I going to be okay? Am I going to have to go to the hospital? Just really fear, fear playing out. And I, and I just said, I don't know. (laughs) That's not very helpful, right? But this is not a parenting podcast, everyone. So don't (laughs) don't worry. But I said, I don't know. But no matter what, I'm here with you. Mm. Okay. And I just held on to that bike. And ran next to her. It was hard. Oh my gosh, I'm out of shape. And it was hurting my back. But she just needed to know I was next to her. So that was Saturday for probably maybe an hour. Back and forth, right? By Sunday morning, that kid was riding by herself up and down the street. Fantastic. So here's why I'm telling you the story. She needed to know. That no matter what, in her mind, she thought, I'm going to be going to the hospital later this afternoon. She actually thought that. And she needed to A, see me being okay with that. Mm -hmm. See me being capable of handling that for her, right? So that she could just be a five-year-old learning to ride a bike. And then she needed to know that no matter what, I was beside her. The rest, she completely took care of. So... When I ask you, like w- that wounded part, right? Often it's our younger self. That part of you who's afraid of being judged, would it be helpful to her if she knew that you, adult, resourceful, smart uh, woman that you are, if you were holding on to the back of that bike seat no matter what, would she give you permission to try this out even if it means going to the hospital later i think yeah so what can you do to reinforce that promise
1: with yourself i think part of it is to say yeah i might fail yeah and that's that's okay it doesn't make yeah. me a failure if i fail it's just information, mm-hmm. right? So maybe
0: like this may not work out, right? But I can handle that. That mm-hmm. was the, my message for my daughter. It was like, I, I've i got you, right? I don't know. You might fall. I don't know. We might go to the hospital later, mm-hmm. but I am here with you. That's not her concern. That's my concern. Okay. Right? This may not work out, but I can handle this. Mm-hmm. I might get judged. And I can handle that too. So I want to give you a 30-day challenge if you're open to it. I'm open. Okay. So, and it can take whatever shape it needs to. For a lot of people, it's writing. For me, it's talking to myself in the shower. All right? So whatever works best for you. But for 30 days, I want you to connect to that younger, vulnerable, fearful part of yourself. And just reassure her, no matter what, I've got this and I've got you. And just don't let go of the back of that bike seat.
1: Okay. I can, are you,
0: are you willing to commit to that? Great. Great. Your sound count out. So just for everyone listening, she's nodding her head and saying yes. <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
1: Great.
0: Great. Okay. So I, let's check back in 30 days around that inner work piece. Cause this is not about you being unclear. This is not, it's not about any of that other stuff as much as it. I don't even know that it's about the money issue. That's like a podcast for another day. I think this is a strong and very human response to a legitimate fear of being judged. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's something that you, We can't stop you from being judged, but you are capable of handling it. And so creating that strong connection with that younger aspect of yourself thats just afraid. That resonates a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So now we're (laughs) we're doing this 30 day experiment. Okay. Connecting to that fearful part of yourself. Are you also willing to do a 30 day experiment, niching, so so far down it fe- almost feels crazy. Yes, I am. Everything okay, else great. hasn't worked. So <laughs> let's try great. some oh great. Alright, so we're gonna go super narrow. Okay. Tell me tell me what it is. God, no, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the boss of you.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Um what would be super narrow? Uh it would be defined people with ADHD Mm -hmm. adults. Um, I don't have a preference for, for gender. Any gender is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, experience with all, um, uh, I want to, what would be super nichey. Um, I want to get them to believe in themselves. I want to move them forward in a specific goal. Mm. To, to have to have an accomplishment. Mm. Know where to start. Mm-hmm. To understand time as part of it, but I think that's a journey, not a destination. I feel so, too. I don't
0: know that they would say, oh, I need to understand time more fully because they don't
1: right now, right? Yeah.
0: So that's a tool, rather.
1: Okay. But I think it is common to say something like, my loved ones are annoyed at me and I want to stop that. Yeah. yeah it's common. Um, so, so you know. I- go ahead. People who know there's a, problem and can be defensive about it and also recognize that it's a problem mm-hmm. you know I think the people who are defensive are in that first bucket that you said they're not they're not yeah. ready to think about the solution um, but they don't they don't want to live their life this way anymore and they yeah. tried other things and it's yeah. not working so they they need to work one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And I do want to develop a course. I want to scale, and I want to continue working one to one and and groups. And great, we'll get there, right? Mm-hmm. We all we should all
0: begin with a private practice. That's how you figure out what your courses are going to be like. So let's stay with this. So helping adults with ADHD learn the life skills they need to repair their relationships.
1: Stop annoying their loved
0: ones.
1: <laughs> Say stop what? Stop annoying their loved ones. <laughs> um,
0: I have a couple of other things I'd like to throw your way that I just grabbed from what you were sharing earlier. Okay. So helping adults with ADHD stop feeling crazy or stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, helping adults with ADHD feel accomplished and hopeful about the future. What if it was I help adults adults with ADHD learn the life skills they need to feel accomplished and hopeful about the future instead of just crazy or stupid?
1: Can we work on crazy and stupid? I know that's their language, but I don't like that language. So could it be like frenetic or unreliable? What about that? Great. Would Wilma
0: resonate with that? Cause she's the one who said crazy and stupid. I will ask her. Okay, great. Unreliable. Like incompetent. Slow. What is that? What is that? Another word, a synonym for stupid.
1: Not capable. Um, incapable. Uh, this is where, you know, interviewing ideal clients will come up. Um, directionless. Great. Okay.
0: So here's your homework assignment. Congratulations. You have a niche, by the way, adults with ADHD, right? So I think we're close here. Helping adults with ADHD cultivate the life skills, right? Learn the life skills they need to feel accomplished and hopeful about the future instead of, and then we, I want these two adjectives that straight from your client's mouths to describe how they felt or what they judged themselves as before working with you.
1: Okay. Do you use the word life, life skills? Yeah. I don't know where I grabbed that
0: from. Is there something that resonates more?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I have to think about that one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Life skills or
1: tools, tactics
0: think again, this is where the audience interviews we do inside the Six Figure Coach Club are so valuable because I might be using the term life skills and nobody in my audience uses that term. They call it a tactic, which for me, a tactic, like it's not a tactic, it's a skill. It doesn't matter. We speak their language, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So I think, check me if I'm wrong here, but we've got a framework for your what I do statement or your dream client power statement we just have to fill in a couple of descriptor words and then what is it the thing you give them? If it's not a life skill, it's a tool or a strategy or something concrete mm-hmm. that they can latch onto.
1: Yeah. Just yeah? the term, uh, step by step. But I don't know if that works either. What about steps?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I help adults with ADHD. I give adults with ADHD the steps they need to feel accomplished and hopeful about the future instead of reliable and incapable or whatever they're crazy and stupid, whatever their words are. And I just want to, this is a 30-day experiment. So if you're going to make a mistake with this, get too specific, a little too negative, a little too stabbing a knife in their heart. (laughs) with the the specificity of the language. You can always reel it in, but sometimes we're just not willing to go there.
1: Okay. Good. How are you feeling? Both energized and nervous. (laughs) Which is exactly where I should be. Yeah. And I'd love to,
0: to invite you, Rachel, to just promise yourself, that you're no longer going to sit in stuckness because nothing is figured out in stuckness. It's only action that gives us the feedback we need to get unstuck. Yes. yes. So even if this niche is completely wrong, it's the first step to the right
1: one. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yes. Yes. It's great. My first foray into marketing. Uh, right. You know, so lucky that my clients have all come by referrals. But now I want to expand. And so the step one is who is my niche?
0: Yeah.
1: Good. So it's really helpful.
0: Oh, I'm so glad. So let's just summarize for everybody listening. Rachel, walk us through what your steps are and what your commitments are in the next 30 days.
1: Um, there's two commitments. The first one is to, um, think about how I can, uh, calm the part of myself that is worried about being judged yeah. and to sort of, you know, every day give that part of myself a little pep talk. Um, to use the bike analogy, I'm not going to let go. Great. And uh, the second part is to quickly, I'm going to say, refine the dream client power statement and use it. And, okay. Oh. We- start it and start the process to so say, I'm not stuck just to own. I'm not stuck. I'm yes.
0: Yes. I am someone who moves forward. <laughs> Good. So, so what does starting the process
1: look like? What's a con, what is a concrete step around that? Uh, I think today I want to refine the statement and then uh, starting tomorrow to um, go back to module one in the six figure coach club and to figure out the wording for my spark interviews to learn the language of my clients. Love it. Love it.
0: You are so capable of having as, as big a business as you want it to be. I see that so clearly for you. So I'm just excited to hear from you in a month to know what shifted inside of yourself just through that first step of connecting with the fearful part of you. And also I look forward to reading your dream plant power statement. It'll be interesting to see what adjectives you land on. Thank you. Rachel, thank you so much for volunteering. I know this was going to be, this is going to be so helpful for so many of our listeners. So thanks for joining me.
1: I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thanks again for tuning in to the Six Figure Coach Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and review the show. That's the best way you can show your support. I'd also love to connect on Instagram. So go ahead and take a screenshot of this episode or maybe a photo of yourself listening along to the podcast. Post it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to mention me. I'm at Dallas Travers. And I'll send some Instagram love right back at you. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Until then... Keep going on your six-figure journey.